This week on One Body Stewarding God's Creation, I, Donetta Robin, talk about Our Lady of Good Success. Why are these apparitions, which took place in the 15th century, relevant today? Why does our Heavenly Mother, Mary, call herself Good Success? Let's find out. Divine Mercy Radio's on-air host, Ken Billinger, interviews me. Donetta is going to join us this morning and... What I wanted to talk about was Our Lady of Good Success. And I, so. this will be interesting because I know absolutely, I'm going to just be flat honest. I don't know anything about Our Lady of Good Success. So as I talk about it, maybe we can just discuss some things from sure. it, okay? Sure. Um, you know, what is Our Lady of Good Success? Well, the Blessed Virgin Mary appeared to Mother Mariana, and I will butcher the last name, de Jesus, um, who founded a convent with her aunt in Quito, Ecuador. And this was in 1579. And it was the very day that she made her perpetual vows, and she was praying at the foot of the tabernacle when it illuminated and the doors opened, and Jesus crucified came out, as well as the Virgin Mary and Saints John and Mary Magdalene. And Jesus appeared to be in the agony in the garden, and Mother Mariana said to Mary, My lady, am I guilty? And the virgin answered, You are not guilty, but rather the sinful world. And above Jesus' head was three swords. One sword said heresy, one said blasphemy, and the other said impurity. And the Virgin Mary asked Mother Mariana if she would sacrifice herself for the 20th century. So this was back in 1579, the 16th century. And Mother Mariana replied, yes. And all three swords plunged into her heart, and she died. And then the sisters called the Franciscan friars and said, you know, Mother Mariana died. And and the Father Superior then came over, and he just had an inspiration from the Holy Spirit and said, Mother Mariana, I order you in the name of holy obedience that if you are dead, your soul return to your body. And she began breathing. <laughs> really? Yeah. I have never heard that. And while she was dead, she said she uh, was before the Blessed Trinity, and Jesus presented her with two crowns. One was of glory, and the second one was lilies surrounded by thorns. And if she chose the second one, then Mother Mariana would return to earth and suffer, and she chose the second crown. Mm. So, so uh, she basically has suffered back then for our times, and then I'll talk about, first of all, we should probably talk about private revelation and why we should know this and, and if sh- we should believe this, basically. Private revelation is something that must be approved by someone in the hierarchy of the church. And the operations of Our Lady of Good Success was approved by the bishop at the time of Mother Mariana's life, and it has been approved by every bishop since. And the statue, she asked that a statue be made, and it was miraculously made, which I'll talk about in a little bit. And that has had the papal coronation. So if anybody questions if this is a true apparition of Our Lady, um, all they can do is just 
Google Our Lady of Good Success and tons of stuff will come up. Talking about private revelations, one of the things that we want to all really be clear about, too, is the fact that this is not, these are things that are very much scrutinized by um, the Vatican, and these are things that... um, um, you know, it takes quite a bit. There's a lot. There's got to be proof that goes into this before they'll even, you know, sign off on it. And yeah. at the time, Mary told Mother Mariana that she will not be known until the 20th century. Well, we're into the 21st century now, and things, all the things that she predicted would happen have come true except for one. But another way, uh, I went to a website to find out what the, how the Catholic Church determines, and they said, They used Fatima as an example. They said uh, private revelations will always affirm the faith. It will never go against the Catholic Mm -hmm. faith. And they said, for example, in Fatima, and I thought this was very interesting, (laughs) the angel came first to the children before Mary came first. And in the temptation of Adam and Eve, it was a bad angel that came to them. A bad angel, mm, the devil, right, right. Who, pre- who prepared Adam and Eve to eat of the forbidden fruit. And, and this was a turning around of that. It was a good angel who came to prepare the children to eat of the good fruit. The tree of life is what it said. And then there was a boy and a girl, Francisco and Jacinta, and they represented Adam and Eve. And one could hear the Blessed Virgin and one could not. And then Lucia, the older visionary who lived the longest, she represented the church as she mediated between Our Lady and the people. So she represented the church in that. That's very interesting. So, I've so not many heard hidden, that. hidden uh, things right. within Our Lady of Fatima. It's yeah. amazing. That I mean, that story is probably the most familiar to me. Um, but there's still so much within that that, as you talked about, so many hidden meanings, so many things that are yeah. there, that are really actually very amazing. And they said the other thing was that there were six main apparitions, and then the seventh one was the supernatural apparition, a special one where the miracle happened. And whoever took this apart and and analyzed it said the six days represent the six days of creation, and the seventh day is our special day to honor the Lord. So, And there's a ton more, but you could look that up if you wanted to um, about Fatima because I thought it was very interesting. And then the other thing I thought, they said that uh, private revelations will often tell us of future trials, and they don't tell of current events. And they said private revelations usually increase piety and not bank accounts. <laughs> so, and private le- revelations usually and most often have an approved chapel and approved prayers. And in, um, examples of that are like the scapular from Our Lady of Mount Carmel, um, the miraculous medal given to St. Catherine Labori. Did I pronounce that correctly? I think so, yeah. And the tilma to our, from Our Lady of Guadalupe. And Our Lady of Good Success, it was a miraculous statue that was um, made, which I'll talk. And they always tell us, look at how the visionaries are living. Are they living and dying a religious life? Are they globetrotting around the world? That's how they say to tell it. And does it strengthen people's faith? Does it strengthen the visionary's faith and hope? And are they ready to die for the faith? For example, Fatima, they were thrown in jail, and they says, you're going to be thrown in hot oil, and they, you know, they would not deny what they saw. So right. 
Right. That's pretty, a clue pretty solid right there. Evidence. Right. Almost, almost like the early church uh, and their belief in the Eucharist and, and willingness to die for it. Right. So yeah, it's, I'm curious. This is I. This is not one I've heard about, but I, I would assume there's probably others out there too if you research. But it is rather interesting that 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 this was when. What time period was this again? Um, it was. 1579, okay. when she first appeared, yeah. Yeah, so that, and that was in Quito, Ecuador, is that where it was? Right. Okay. Yeah, that's that's uh, really interesting because I had not heard that before. The, you know, I got hung up on the good success part, <laughs> but when I looked into this, um, you know, we think of good success as financial gain, right? Right. So I was like, why would Mary call herself good success? But basically, in the old Spanish time, good success meant happy development. Like, Our Lady of Good Success would mean happy development of Our Lord and Our Lady's success. So the Lord's fulfillment will be done through her. Does that make sense? Yes. So uh, good success doesn't mean our American terms of right. monetary of financial value. gain or whatever right. it is. Yeah, yeah. So uh, this I got hung up on that. until you truly understood what what they were getting at. Yeah. So, and I I just wanted to say a little bit about Mother Mar- Mariana. She w- she became a suffering soul then, and she was asked to suffer like almost as a test to see how she would suffer if she would fulfill this. So there was a nun in her convent that wasn't very holy. And Mother Mary, Mary asked Mother Mariana if she would agree to suffer for that nun so that that nun could go to purgatory instead of hell. And Mother Mariana agreed, and for five years she just suffered terribly. Food tasted like sulfur. When she slept, it was like the mattress was made of nails. She Evil spirits often bothered her, like when she swept the floor, it would a bunch of worms would show up. So she did this for five years. She suffered like this. She lost a lot of weight. She was looking pretty ragged by the end of five years. But um, also that nun could go to purgatory instead of hell. Wow. So, yeah, that what a life that would be yeah. to live. And one be. time, you know, she died when those swords. Right. And she died another time, too. And it, her body was laid out for three days, and then Jesus had her come to life again. Wow. And Interesting that it was three days, too. Yeah, so. I know. And then um, she was asked to build a statue. And she wanted this statue to be in this convent so that this convent could be protected from the political things that were going to go on in Ecuador and spread throughout the world. So in a vision Mother Mariana had in 1610, the Blessed Virgin Mary appeared to her and told her to go to the bishop and have a statue built in her honor under the name of Mary of Good Success of the Purification or Candlemas. In the right hand, the bishop will place the keys of the cloister uh, together with the scepter. And in her left hand, she would hold the child Jesus, the divine shepherd, Jesus Christ. So Mother Mariana did not go to the bishop because at that time, a lot of people were idolaters. They would use uh, things and and adore the thing instead of... Jesus. So she didn't she didn't want that to happen. So she didn't go to the bishop right away. But uh, on February 2nd, which is the feast day of Our Lady of uh, Good Success, she appeared to to Mother Mariana again and she said, "Your salvation is at stake if you do not go to the bishop." <laughs> wow. So she went to the bishop and she said that 
the people who will believe her messages here in the 20th century. Well, anyway, about the statue. The statue ended up, she, Mary took off the belt around her waist, and she handed it to Mother Mariana, who didn't even want to touch it because it came from Our Lady and how holy it was. But Mary had her touch it and then measure her so she they would get the exact measurements of how high the statue should be. And as she held the cord, the cord would lengthen, it miraculously mm. lengthen until she got the height. So they contracted with an artist who was building the statue, and it was almost complete. And then the artist wanted to go to Columbia and get some special paints to do the finishing touches. And then when he came back, in the meantime, Mother Mariana was praying close to this statue, and it, which was in the sanctuary. They say upper level of the sanctuary, so it must have been like two different levels. And she was praying, and then she saw lights illuminated, and she saw the three archangels appear, and then there was just tremendous light, and when they were done, the statue was complete. And it was totally different than the artist did it. And the artist came back and said, and he fell to his knees, and he goes, this isn't the statue I made. This is much more beautiful than the statue I could have made. Wow. So, um, so that, and, and it still exists. And we're, we're in this, does that, is it? In that in, convent in, in Ecuador. Ecuador. In Ecuador. Mm-hmm. Wow. So. Quito, Ecuador. Quito. So, and I think that's the capital, I believe. So, if this is, I mean, we talk about the, the, the feast day is February 2nd. Is is there a lot? I mean, it doesn't seem like, and sometimes I'm not up to date on a lot of things like this, but this is a, something that I've never I've never heard of before. Well, it, I know. Is it Neither well did known, I. Or is no, it, but they, she said she would only be well known in the you know the 20, 20th century. Well, we're into the 21st century, so she might have been well known in the 20th century in Ecuador, okay. in, in South America. Gotcha. It's only now getting to our country. But um, what's what's Relevant, I guess, about this apparition is are the messages that of uh, things that were going to be happening and they're happening, you know. So it just so that, is that just I, that kind of a prophecy that we're starting to see those things happen, right? Those three swords blasphemy, heresy, and um, impurity. Well, definitely, so. there those are those are definitely happening. And so. and going to some of the apparitions, uh, what they said, she said that Masons would infiltrate the political system, and it would happen subtly and over a period of lots of years, and um, it would get to where the, there would be no innocent children anymore. Many bad bad books will be spread. They will enter the education system. It's happening, you know. It will be difficult to receive the sacrament of baptism and also that of confirmation. That'll become more rare. And the devil will make a great effort to destroy the sacrament of confession, too, she said, which we've kind of seen happen over the 20th century. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the numbers, and I think it kind of depends on where you go, because there are some places that the numbers are good, but... Then there are areas, and I, I say that I have to be careful because I, you know, I, I, I just use our parish as, as an example. Numbers are high, but it's a huge parish. So, re- relatively speaking, or you know, percentage-wise, is it is there, you know, is it really that good? But so many Catholics I talk to that don't embrace um, confession. confession. For some so, reason. And, and it's not a sacrament to be afraid of. It no, is. It's an awesome sacrament. It's totally healing. 
It'll make you embrace the Eucharist even deeper. And really, that's what leads us to the Eucharist. If we, we want to have that sacrament because if we're receiving Christ, we want to be in, you know, we want to be in, in, we have to, we don't want to receive unworthily, as Paul mm-hmm. talks about. Right. And, and the more you go, the more that will be revealed to you that needs to be uh, purified in your soul. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So you, it's a lot of people I say, well, I haven't, you know, committed any grave sin, but it's not it's not just about that, it's about growing in holiness. And that's how we improve. I mean, obviously the the uh, um, that sacrament is just so incredibly powerful. There's so many graces, so many fruits that come from the sacrament that I don't think we realize sometimes. And, I, you know, I, when I do parish talks and things like that, I talk about that and under people understanding how uh, it's just more, it's, people sometimes look at confession kind of one-dimensional and don't really understand all of the, 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 the graces that come from it, but so many other things, so many other blessings. And I've mm-hmm. experienced it too many times. So it used to be you would see, you know, a number of confessionals with lines of people and we just don't see that anymore so to that yeah. point it's interesting that uh, and she talks about some of the sacraments how they will be attacked and she said the holy eucharist this is the exact words that she said she said alas how deeply i grieve to manifest to you the many enormous sacrileges both public and also secret that will occur from the profanations how do you pronounce Pro- that word yeah profanation I profanations think. of the holy eucharist often during this 20th century, the enemies of Jesus Christ, instigated by the devil, will still consecrated hosts from churches just to profane the Eucharistic species. And he, she said, my most holy son will see himself cast upon the ground and trampled upon by filthy feet. And by that, she was meaning when we're receiving, there's going to be crumbs that will fall and they'll just be walked on and vacuumed up. Well, even now, if you think about this, and this was, uh, in fact, Bishop Archbishop Coakley was dealing with this in Oklahoma yes, City. Yes, that's um, right. And, and, and here's the thing. When I talk about the Eucharist to people, too, the other thing that we, we want to understand is the, you know, when they do a black mass, they are looking for consecrated host. Right. That's what they want. And when you think about that, for people who struggle with saying, well, is this truly the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ? And in order for a black mass to happen, they need a consecrated host, the body, blood, soul, and divinity. They're going to desecrate it. If it wasn't Jesus, how could, I mean, it would. So they believe it's Jesus. They believe it. Yeah. And yet we, uh, many Catholics don't truly believe. The numbers are Mm -hmm. kind of scary as far as. So I think these are some things to think about. It's very prophetic here and all of these things being talked about. It's amazing that all of these things have come to light. Extreme unction, which is the, the sacrament of the sick and the dying. Do, do you, no, I'm just okay. check, checking the board. She said, um, during this time, the sacrament of extreme unction will be little esteemed. Many people will die without receiving of it, either because of the negligence of their families or by their false sentimentality that it tries to protect the, the sick from seeing the, the grave of their sufferings and their sin, or because they will rebel against the spirit of the Catholic Church. 
She said, thus, many souls will be deprived of um, graces, consolations, and strength they need to make that, that great leap from time to eternity. And we've seen that, too. There was a priest that I was reading when I was reading about this that said he would go to, this was not an unusual case, he would go to the hospital and he wanted to give somebody in intensive care at the sacrament of the sick. And the family said, no, 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 you can't go in there. You know, we don't want mom to think she's dying. You know, so it's things like that that are keeping, it's, it's not a, a lack of understanding of right. what's happening there through that yeah. sacrament. And that, uh, and that sacrament, I think, is probably one of the most misunderstood just because so many times people think that's, this is, the priest is coming and this person is going to die. So they're administering mm-hmm. the last rites or the uh, anointing of the sick, as we call it. So I'm very lucky. I have Leslie as my daughter because she has instructions to make sure I get it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, and she, she totally believes in everything of the Catholic faith. Holy matrimony is going to be attacked. Hasn't it been? Oh, wow. It says, um, as for the sacrament of matrimony, which symbolizes the union of Christ with his church, it will be attacked and profaned in the fullest sense of the word. Masonry, which will be in power then, will enact laws with the objective of doing away with this sacrament, making it easy for everyone to live in sin, encouraging illegitimate children born without the blessing of the church, and the Christian spirit will just rapidly decay, extinguishing the precious light of faith until it reaches the point that there will be almost total and general corruption of customs. The effects of this um, secular education will increase, which will be one reason for the lack of priestly and religious vocations, too. So haven't we seen the sacrament of marriage just trampled upon? Well, we have in so many different ways. And the other issue, because somebody the other day was talking about numbers of divorces are down. And the the only reason that is, is because a lot of people aren't aren't getting married. married. So um, and and, and obviously we, you know, uh, the gay marriage thing and everything that we have now, um, we've really opened a Pandora's box. And people kind of look at me funny when I say this, but I believe it with all my heart that if we look at, if we back up 25 years, gay marriage was not even thought about, right? Yeah. If, if, if I would have told you 25 years ago, Donetta, that we will have same-sex marriages, would you have looked at me a little strange? You bet. And now it's even, it's everywhere. It's on almost every commercial. It's in all of our media all the time. You pick up a magazine and it, it's interviewing a gay couple as if all this is just normal. Right. And and, and so, and again, we, we go back to natural law. That, I mean, we, we have right. this, we have the scripture, we have natural law. That is, it's, it deviates from natural law. And the, the point is, too, is what, what I say to people now is I said, okay, think about that. I said in 10 years, and I said, you're going to think this is crazy, but I don't think it is. In 10 years, if if a man is in love with his daughter or his dog, for that matter, and he says, okay, I wanna, I'm, I'm in love with my hound dog and I want to marry my hound dog, how 
that sounds totally stupid, right? Right. But it, it, it'll lead <clears throat> we, to that. We've opened the Pandora's box. Mm-hmm. Anything will be, anything goes really mm-hmm. at this point, and because we've just, um, just because of where things have, <laughs> have just, it's it's amazing how all of this has evolved. Yeah, holy orders. She said that the sacrament of holy orders will be ridiculed, oppressed, and despised, and the demon will try to persecute the ministers of the Lord in every possible way, and he will labor with cruel and subtle astuteness to deviate them from the spirit of their vocation, corrupting many of them. These corrupt priests who will scandalize the Christian people will incite the hatred of the bad Christians and the enemies of the Roman Catholic and Apostolic Church to fall upon all priests. This apparent triumph of Satan will bring about enormous sufferings to the good pastors of the church. And that's kind of happened. Yes, it is. Uh, we, we talked with, uh, I don't remember which priest I was talking to at one time, about obviously when they have their clerics on and, uh, and they're in public and sometimes getting you know, comments being made. Um, fortunately, most of the comments are good, but there are those comments about, you know, um, there's always mm-hmm. those negative comments that are out there. So it's r- really and it's a small inter- number <clears throat> of corrupt priests that have right. affected the whole all of the priests. It's just, it's sad. She she had said at one time, even um, priests who will wear the cassock, did I pronounce that correctly? Cassock, uh-huh. Will be made fun of by You're, other priests. Right. And it's like, you know, <laughs> There's, yeah. we're seeing some of our young priests wearing cassock. And they're, of the they're dressy, they're nice, yeah, they're beautiful. Yeah. In fact, I saw, I think it was uh, Father Kyle Barron's, uh-huh. and he was wearing his cassock when he was in town one day. And it just, I love to see that. Yeah. And that's something that you're, but the younger priests are starting to do more and more. You're seeing that more and more. And, more, and I yeah. think that's really great. Yeah. So We need to take a short break right now, but stay tuned to Divine Mercy Radio, whether you're listening on your radio computer, smartphone app, or Amazon Echo. Please know, we'll be right back with more about Our Lady of Good Success with Donetta Robin. We're back on One Body, Stewarding God's Creation. Our Lady of Good Success. One Body. With Donetta Robin. One body. One body. One body. God's creation. Ken Billinger conducts the interview. Uh, talking this morning with Donetta on Our Lady of Good Success and uh, the, talking a little about private revelations, but all of the things this happened, this was again, I didn't, it was 15 what? That this, uh, uh, back, it was back in the 1500s, I know that. But uh, The first apparition she had was in 1579. All right. So this is just um, to, to hear some of the things that have been predicted through this apparition yeah. are just, uh, that are coming true, they're coming and, to fruition. And basically, um, the reason Mother Mariana was appeared to by Mary was that she, so she could suffer for these times, for these future times that were to come, and she agreed to, to be that suffering soul. Wow. So she said, during these times, another uh, prediction or prophecy, I guess, is that there will be luxury. She said there will be unbridled luxury and 
and acting as a snare to get the rest of the people into sin. Innocence, she said, will no longer be found in children, nor modesty in women. In this supreme moment of need of the church, those who speak up, who should speak up, will fall silent regarding modesty in innocence of children. I read not very long ago that... I don't remember where this gal is from. I was thinking maybe California, but I'm not sure. She advertised to sell her virginity so she could help pay for college. Wow. So because virgins will be, Mary had said virgins will be very rare. That is just, that's amazing to hear that. They're so, um, hmm. I'm just thinking about sad. Yeah, I'm just thinking about some of the things even you see on on social media, on Facebook and things, the way um, the modesty is is kind of out the window for Mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. What we thought were tights are now pants. And you talked one of the other things you talked about there um, that I think caught my ear, too, was we talked about the the riches and the wealth and all of these things. She says it'll be luxurious times. Think about this, too, because now more than ever, if you, you know, even on, on, I mean, when you look at the television and look at the TV evangelists, if you will, a good majority these days are talking um, uh, about the prosperity gospel. That's what it is. Yep. There's, they pick and choose pieces of scripture and that's all they utilize. Mm -hmm. And talk about, you know, um, it's really it's become the prosperity gospel and it's just it's really hard to uh i just shake my head and go i mean i just it's not the way jesus lived yeah but but (laughs) the the crazy thing is the following and the 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 millions and millions of dollars that these churches and these pastors are taking in um all really in the name of of living a life of luxury as they Mm -hmm. as they say here yeah so At one point, Mother Mariana had a vision, and the sanctuary light um, was, she was praying before the Blessed Sacrament, and the sanctuary light extinguished, and um, she was told that that had five meanings, and the first meaning was, um, there will be lots of heresies that will be propagated that will extinguish the light of faith. Only a small number will remain faithful. And to test this faith and confidence of the just, there will be occasions when everything will seem lost and paralyzed. This will be, then, the happy beginning of complete restoration. So, so it's gonna, it's gonna. Obviously, it's it's one of those things we're gonna. It's gonna get really bad before we start to see a change. She said there will be a liberty of conscience, like mm-hmm. um, my conscience is free, and I am inform my own conscience. Hmm. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> a little like that moral happen? relativism to <laughs> yeah. me. The second meaning that the sanctuary light was extinguished was that the convent that she was living in would be greatly reduced in size and. It will become drowned in a sea of bitterness, but not to not to despair because with her statue being in this convent, she was going to make sure that that convent stayed till the end of times. Mm. So, um, but she said convents generally and monasteries around the world would be closing, and many good vocations will be lost. And we've seen there's a number of convents that uh, no longer exist. Mm-hmm. Um, and. And some monasteries closing, too, yeah. She says, Woe to the world if they should get rid of their monasteries and convents. Men do not comprehend their importance, for if they understood, they would in all their power multiply them, because in them 
is the remedy for all physical and moral evils. No one on the face of the earth is aware what comes from the salvation of souls and the conversion of great sinners and the end of great scourges, the fertility of the land and the end of pestilence and wars and harmony between nations. All this is due to the prayers that rise up from monasteries and convents. Hmm. So that it's very powerful right. to have them. Wow. I know. I could just, when I was reading this, there were times I just cried. <laughs> yeah. So. There's not, there's not a, uh, everything that's been talked about there has been spot on. That's mm-hmm. the uh, the other crazy thing. The third reason the uh, sanctuary light was extinguished was because of the spirit of impurity that will saturate the atmosphere to the in these times. Um, like a filthy ocean, it will run through the streets, squares, and public places with an astonishing liberty. There will be almost no virgin souls in the world, and without virginity, it would be necessary for fire from heaven to pull on these lands to purify them. Hmm. So we need to, I don't know, just take it in for what it's worth, I guess, and and see that our our culture needs a lot of prayer. It, it, absolutely. I mean, the, the uh, there's uh, just the things you see today and, and how um, even television as a medium has evolved over the last 60 years or so um, to see where we were and where we are today. Um, you know, as, as I, I talk about it quite a bit, but we, we went from the era of uh, uh, Rob and Laura Petrie and the two, um, you know, when they sh- this was interesting because the producers of the show demanded not I mean they demanded that if they're going to do a bedroom scene at the time that was back in the 60s um, of course that's when things started falling apart but um, they said the only way we're going to do this is with twin beds mm-hmm. and showing them in separate twin beds so I mean it was that that was very conservative at that time and when we look at 60 years later uh, we see just um, you know now everything on network television would be considered x-rated back then right so right and and our kids are watching this <laughs> right yeah and, and um, the fourth reason um, the sanctuary lamp was extinguished was because um, evil will assault childhood innocence in this way vocations to the priesthood will be lost there will be a true calamity against religious communities and the impious will rage a civil war letting it fall upon them a lot of bad things calamities and some of these words I can't even pronounce I had to look them up in the dictionary (laughs) so basically it will impede the fulfillment of uh, the clergy or the um, religious uh, ministry. They said the secular clergy will also be affected by the riches of the world, and they will be removed from its ideals, and priests will become careless in their sacred duties. They will lack the divine compass. Um, They will stray from the road that God traced for them, and they will become attached to wealth and riches. Hmm. So it's, it, um, you know, the devil's just at work, sure. I would say. Sure. And he, she said, how the church will suffer. And, but there will be um, the fifth reason <laughs> that the sanctuary light was extinguished is um, due to the laity and, the, and our, our, la- our negligence. And, and our, we might possess great wealth, but uh, we'll seem indifferent to the church. And um, this is 
how the devil's going to distract and just try to distract the church. But well, she said there will be restoration of the one true faith, and it will come from a prelate. Now, I, prelate is, I looked that word up. A and bishop, it, I believe. It could be a bishop, an archbishop, a pope. Right. And this in one of the videos I was listening to on this, because I read a book and I watched several videos, it said the prelate they believe this they believe will be a pope that is to come and hasn't come yet, but he will have the heart for God and he will restore the church. Well, that's the you talked about the laity, and you think about that today, and you look at mass attendance, and you look at at um, you know all of the things going on. People just really not, um, and I don't want to sound like I'm picking on people because I don't mean to do that. Because at least they're going to mass, but sometimes when you walk in the door ten after, and sometimes that happens when you have a family and you got kids mm-hmm. and things things come up. I'm talking on a on a week to week basis when people are going to Sunday mass and casually walking in late. Or, um, you know, at least they're going. That's a good thing. But there's many that are not going at all. And we look at numbers and why is that and all of the things going on um, and the priorities. I think it just comes down to that because we can prepare for a Chiefs game and, uh, you know, they're going to a noon Chiefs game and people are out at the stadium at eight in the morning tailgating, getting ready for a game at noon. Oh, yeah. And, uh, well, arrive early to church. darn, we didn't get to mass because we have a Chiefs game this weekend. Oh. Uh, you know, I mean, those are things it's, that are It's hap- indifference. <clears throat> like right, she said, it's it an is. indifference by the laity to the church and faith. Indifference. And that is the word that, um, gosh, I, I remember who was talking about it. I think it was Chris Stefanik talking about this. Um, and that's where even, even belief in God, it's become, even though knowing God really does exist, but it, there's an indifference, they call it, uh, and Pope John Paul II had a name for that. But we're seeing that happen more and more, too. The nuns, N-O-N-E-S, that are out yeah, there yeah. Um, today, becoming the biggest, actually, denomination, if you will. Yeah. Now, she says evil will seem to triumph in a formidable and frightful war. Now, does this mean a physical war? I don't know. Does this mean a war, a battle of war between the spiritual worlds? You know, we don't really understand what that means when she says evil will seem to triumph in a formidable and frightful war. And it it will seem like all is lost. But she said this will mark the arrival of my hour when I, in a very marvelous way, will dethrone the proud and cursed Satan, trampling him under my feet and throwing him into the infernal abyss and the church and the world will be free of his cruel tyranny which is the same promise echoed by our lady of fatima when she says in the end my immaculate heart will triumph right so that's fascinating because those are some things that uh, certainly that is not one that i've heard of before and i'd be interested to to research that more because our lady of good success the topic this morning is we're We just, uh, yeah, oh, gosh, we're at 8 o'clock Okay, already. I just want to finish up by saying what's the takeaway from all this? And it's it's basically Our Lady is calling all of us to be more faithful to the Catholic Church, her most holy son, and um, we'll get through these bad times, and there will be an era of peace. And if any listeners want to find out more about Our Lady of Good Success, there is a number of books out there and um, quite a few videos. If you go to YouTube, you can watch quite a few videos done by priests regarding Our Lady of Good Success. There's tons of information. So Interesting stuff. That's for sure. Just very prophetic. And, thank you uh, for letting uh, me thanks, fill in. Thanks for coming <laughs> in. Yeah, thank you for coming in. 
Thanks for tuning in to this week's One Body Show, Stewarding God's Creation. Did you like this One Body Show? Then let us know by going to dvmercy.com and click on the One Body icon, and the comment button is in the middle of the page. Also, if you can help this nonprofit station pay its monthly bills, please go to dvmercy.com and click on Donate. You're listening to Divine Mercy Radio, KMDG 105.7 Hayes, KJDM 101.7 Lindsberg Salina, KRTT 88.1 Great Bend, and KVDM 88.1 Hayes. If today you hear his voice, Harden not your hearts.